You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Marshall left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Go for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. Beat on. So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. I'm telling you right out of the gate, I'm coming in hot today. I am not happy with what has gone down here earlier today at the Oakland Coliseum. I'm starting to get frustrated by it. It's bugging me, and I have proof that I'm not wrong. When you have the proof, and people keep telling you the opposite, it's just moronic. I I, I keep being told that batting average doesn't matter. But yet, I have proof in my hand that will show you batting average matters. And you will not be able to dispute it. And Darren Bush talked today, the hitting coach, about maybe batting average doesn't mean as much. It's just about getting on base and scoring runs. Well, I proved yesterday in the postgame show that we call the A's Clubhouse Show that the greatest players in the history of the game, the greatest players, because we honored Willie Mays, who turned 90 yesterday. So I went over some of the greatest players of all time. And what do they all have? They all have batting average. You're not a top 20 war guy if you didn't have a good batting average. You're just not. It's proof. I think the lowest top 20 guy is Ricky Henderson at like 297 for his career. And the only reason he's at 297 is because he played for 80 years. I was going to say he played a long time, so batting average might be a little lower than most. But, I mean, seriously, it, it, it is, it's, you know, Watching these guys punch out 12 times, I, I, I don't see the A's as a juggernaut scoring runs. So maybe they should change because I have proof in my head. You ready for the proof? Well, I will say quickly, they do have a minus 13 run differential, so that doesn't help. Y- you want my proof? Yeah, let's hear it because we'll play the Darren Bush audio later so everyone can hear yes. it. Yes. So Matt Chapman, who has struggled mightily, he has struck out so many times it's unbelievable. But right now, he's got a nine-game hitting streak. How, well, how do you have a nine-game hitting streak? Not by walking. How do you have a nine-game hitting streak? What do you have to do to have a nine-game hitting streak? Hit the ball, get on base. Do you know what his average is during the nine-game hitting streak? 343. 333. Wow, that was a great guess. But do you see my point? When Matt Chapman was scuffling, he wasn't getting hits. Now he's got a nine-game hitting streak because he's getting hits. He's 11 for 33. What you know? What, and now, does it tell you in, in your, your your proof? What does it raise his batting average to on the season? Uh, I haven't looked. It's uh, I believe it's 207. Yeah, it's bad because he didn't hit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How about Ramon Laureano? Last 14 games, Ramon Laureano 
What do you think he's hitting? 351. 321. Why is he hitting 321? Because he's been putting the ball in play. He's getting hits. And he's taking the ball the opposite way, too. He's hitting, getting a lot of balls into hitting the ball to right field a lot. Yeah, he beat the shift the other day with a ground ball to second base. He put the ball in play. How about Matt Olson struggling the last nine games? What do you think he's hitting? Oh, um, 221. 171. You want to know why he's hitting 171? Because he's not hitting. He's six for 35. Well, if he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? I, I just, it, it's driving me nuts. It's just, it literally is, if you're, tr- if you're still trying to sell me on walks, stop it. Why did you get beat the last two days? Because the Toronto Blue Jays were hacking away, and they scored runs. And by the way, the team you're playing, remember, it takes four walks to score a run. Four. Team you're playing, the Tampa Bay Rays, are red hot. They've won five in a row, seven of three. And you know what they're doing? They're scoring runs. They've outscored their opposition during this five-game winning streak, 31 to 14. And what should scare you to death, they lead the American League in runs scored from the seventh inning on. They've scored 54 runs from the seventh inning on. That leads the American League. You know who hasn't been scoring? And makes everybody's bullpen look great, whether it was the Orioles or Toronto. Uh, the A's. That'd be the A's. They really didn't score anything late. Yeah, and don't, uh, don't forget, uh, Tampa Bay also has a very uh, good and uh, shutdown bullpen. So they're scoring runs after the seventh, and they are not giving up any runs. They just swept a four-game series. In, in Anaheim, everyone's favorite team to win the AL West this year. Oh, they're going to win. Oh, they're going to they're going to hit so many home runs. Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani's been great. Mike Trout's been great. Anthony Rendon's hurt. Uh, Justin Upton's hurt. Uh, Albert Pulos is no longer an Angel. So, uh, I don't know. The Angels are four games under, and this race team is streaking. They've won 7 of their last 10. You mentioned 5 in a row, and they're coming in the AL and they're coming in the AL East. And we're going to see Rich Hill tonight, which we saw him pitch in the last series. And then you got Glassnell tomorrow, and then good luck Shane McClana- um, McClanahan and Luis Patino are going to pitch on Sunday probably. <laughs> those guys have um, really good velocity coming up, all three of those guys. The only thing about McClanahan is, yes, we saw him in Tampa, and his, his stuff is incredible. I mean, throwing left-handed, throwing 100 miles an hour with a slider boring right in on right-handed hitters going like 92-93. I mean, he is, he's pretty incredible. But here you go. I think Darren Bush is backing his players, and that's what coach, good coaches do in the media. But if you're telling me batting average doesn't matter and you got a minus 13 run differential, minus 13. Billy Bean has always talked about how important run differential is. You got a, even though you're 19 and 14, you're minus 13. Would you be minus 13 if you were actually hitting consistently? The answer is no. You know what the Rays run differential is? Can you have it in front of you? It is. It's not that great, but it's in the positive. It's plus four. Yeah. I mean, and they're playing in a division where, you know, you got the Boston at plus 26. Toronto's plus 30. Then again, they, they won by five runs. Uh, what was that? Uh, Tuesday night, and they won. Or uh, Wednesday night, and they won by six yesterday. So that helps. 
But yeah, the, the Rays are the Rays are they turned their season around because they're scoring more runs. And of course, you mentioned in the seventh inning, where the A's have the negative run differential. And yeah, it didn't help that they played Houston and LA to start the year, and they just got outscored by like crazy. And their run differential was like in the minus forties at one point, and they kind of climbed out of that. But they're still at minus thirteen. That's not good if you're a team that's in first place. Like it's not saying you're going to you know it, people like to look at run differential and say that's the way you're going to retract to the me you know the median. But I, I I don't look at it that way. This team's too talented to not score enough runs, and I think it's going to come. But it is nice to see Matt Chapman hitting, but we'll go over, I'll go over it later. I did a breakdown on his batting averages against fastballs and breaking balls and off-speed. It is not good. I mean, even with the nine-game hitting streak, it is not a good season so far for Matt Chapman because Darren Bush talked about Matt Chapman earlier today when he did about a 20-minute session with the media. Well, the San Francisco Giants are in first place. Their run differential is plus 30. The St. Louis Cardinals are in first place. Their run, di- their run differential is plus 15 because all these teams hit. Padres hit. They're plus 16. Dodgers are plus 37. These teams are all over 500. Yep. I mean, I mean, hey, hey. And let's say this. If there is a criticism about the A's, it's how they don't do well in the postseason. Well, guess what? When you're in the postseason, you're playing against the best pitching staffs. You're playing against pitching staffs that are pounding the zone. You know, if you believe that Bleacher Report article that we talked about where pitchers are throwing more strikes than ever, they're pounding the strike zone. So if if you're hoping to be selective and you're looking to walk and you want to take a bunch of pitches, well, you're going to be down 0-2-1-2 and you're not going to be in hitters' counts. And that was one thing that stood out, I think, for a lot of people in this last series is if you get a pitch to hit, the Toronto Blue Jays, they were hacking, making good contact. They're not looking to wait around, to walk. How many times have the A's struck out on the season? I'll have to pull that up. Um, it's they're one. I, they're not the league leader, but it's pretty high. Let me let me get it. It's on my other computer, but it's pretty high. If you look, and you know what's alarming about the A's too? They're currently three and four on this ten game, the season long ten game homestand. They're being outscored 111 to 89 at home. 111 to 89 at home. Now they're playing much better on the road, but still, I mean that—that's not. I mean to be three and four in this homestand against the Orioles and Blue Jays. Now I know the Blue Jays were a, a postseason team last year. The Baby Jays—they got a lot of good, talented young hitters on that team. But I mean the Orioles aren't there yet, and to be three and four in this homestand, hopefully you right the ship against Tampa, who is playing well. But 111 to 89 is the run the runs scored and run, runs allowed and runs scored for the A's at the Coliseum so far. Now I'm on ESPN. Oh, this is pitching. I want to find it for the hitters because yeah, the A's have hit the A's have hit home runs. There's no question. But as you mentioned, they've been outscored big time, and that is not good. That needs to change, and the way to do it is hit. I mean, seriously, not everything can be a home run. Let's see, strikeouts. They're ninth. Ninth in the league in strikeouts. They've struck out 293 times. The leader's Tampa Bay at 340. See, where are they in hits? They're 17th in hits. I mean, you got so many teams that are just, they're just a better hitting ball. They're better hitting ball clubs as of right now. you 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 are what your stats and your record says you are. And where the A's have lived well is obviously with some pitching. But, man, I just I, – when I – I don't want to hear the hitting coach talk about just, you know, this – it goes back to the movie Moneyball. 
Do I care how he gets on base? Yes, I do care how you get on base, Brad Pitt. Because you know what? It's a lot easier to get two hits and score than to walk four times and score. And if you don't hit and you struggle to hit good pitching, you're not going to win anything in the postseason. You'll win nothing. And we're talking about the A's struggling when it comes to hitting. Rich Hill's a big breaking ball guy. Loves his curveball. He he flips that baby up there all day long. A hitter's only hitting 182 versus curveball. What are the A's hitting against breaking balls this year? Oh, I bet it's horrific. Well, I'll tell you, they're 26th in baseball. I did the research. They're hitting a whopping 173 versus breaking balls this year. Is that, I mean, that, that's not good. No. Their fastball, their fastball average isn't very good either. It's, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as this, but it's like I think it was around like 240 or something like that, 243, somewhere around there. It was like 20th in baseball against fastball. So I know velocity is up all around the league, and Darren Bush, you know, comment on that too. I think Shannon Rubin from the Mercury News asked him about, is he, you know, alarmed by the, you know, the amount of balls not being put in play? And he goes, you have to credit the pitching. Velocity is up all over the league, and. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, he's right, but but no one. I mean, other teams are hitting. Yeah, other teams are scoring runs. I mean, other team. I mean, other teams are scoring runs and hitting, and they're not hitting home runs all the time. I mean, the Marlins have a plus run differential. They don't hit a lot of home runs. I mean, they're the only team in their division that has a plus run differential. I, I mean, it, it, and, and the numbers that we're giving you, if you took out just a couple guys, right? If you took out Ramon Laureano, you took out Jed Lowry, and you took out, let's say, Mark Canna. Then what? I mean, look at these at Sean Murphy. I, I know he started to hit, but he's hitting two eighteen. Matt Chapman's hitting two oh five. Stephen Piscotty's hitting two fourteen. Elvis Andrus is hitting a buck forty three. And Tony Kemp. These these are your starters today. Tony Kemp's hitting two oh five. Really, I mean, he, he he's struggling right now. But the only guy that's got a halfway decent batting average is Matt Olson at two eighty. Everybody else, I mean, I'm not impressed with 248. I mean, I know Mark Canna's getting on base, which is great. He's in the top. He's in the top 20, I think, in the league on on base percentage. But his batting average isn't there. But again, can you uh, imagine what his numbers would be if he had a batting average? Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, he does have five home runs and nine RBIs, and that's your leadoff hitter. That's not bad. I mean, we're a, mo- a little over a month into the season, and but he has like a on, what is his on base like 390 or something like that. That's that's still really solid. For, no a guy that, for a guy you didn't expect to be, one, a leadoff hitter, uh, two, who's playing center field for you tonight. Uh, so I, I'll take those numbers, and his batting average will go up. It, he's never been a big batting average guy in his career. He's just had always been a big on-base percentage guy. Well, he gets hit a lot. Yeah, and he, yeah, well, I mean, he is the most hit Oakland A player of all time. But when you got one, two, three, four, five guys, think about this. You've got five guys in your lineup hitting under 220. With the hitting coach saying batting average doesn't matter. I mean, are you serious? Hitting under 220? That's just, I mean, the bat, the back of your lineup is just, it doesn't hit at all. That's what I'm saying. If you're not getting production out of Canna, uh, Ramon, the laser, Olsen, or Lowry, you're not getting anything. And I just, it, it, it bothers me. You know, if they did this and won the World Series, I wouldn't say a thing. But when you're just happy to get out of one one playoff series for how many years? The first one since 2006? Yeah, 2006. Well, maybe you should start thinking batting average matters. 
Because this strategy may play in the regular season. You, you know, last year, you were not beating the Dodgers with this style of play. If you want to be a World Series team, if you're serious about that, you got you got you got to change your strategy. You're not walking your way to the World Series. I don't care what anyone says. Cuz once you start playing, once you face the best pitchers, these guys are going to Do we have Roxy? Hello Roxy. I am here Chris Townsend. I am bitter. Hi there. I'm bitter today. Uh-oh. What what's got your panties in a bunch? Our our hitting coach talked about batting average not mat- mattering doesn't matter and I'm looking at all of our bat we got five guys in the lineup today hitting under 220. Well, I mean, I, I, batting average has become a little bit of an antiquated stat. Now, it still I think has its purpose. But on base percentage, slugging OPS, I think those are the stats and numbers I think we look at more so than batting average, but batting average is reflective clearly of, okay, contact, putting the ball in play, getting on base, but the on base percent, for example, Max Muncy, right? I just did a Dodger game last week. Max Muncy was hitting about 220 going into that game with the Brewers, but his on base percentage was 430. So, yes, uh, uh, batting average tells part of the story, Chris. But on base percentage, I think, really gives you the feel for exactly what a player is doing. You yep, agree? But if you have a high batting average, you're going to have a high on base percentage. True. But, I mean, in, like, Muncy's case in particular, he leads the major league in walks. At least he did, you know, last week. Um, when he, he was hitting 222, but on base percentage of 430 because he's finding ways to get on base. That's, and, that, that's great. That, but, but a walk, it takes four walks to score a run. Yeah, that's, that is true. And certainly you need to get production and make the most of the hits when you get them. Look, I, I, I'm with you. I look at this lineup, and it's concerning when you see Andrews hitting 143, um, Kemp hitting just over 200. Chapman is starting to swing the bat better. He got off to a rough start. But I, I think that he's putting together better at-bats recently. Um, 205 isn't indicative of the hitter that Matt Chapman is. I think we can all agree on that. And Sean Murphy started to swing the bat better, too, and he had a rough go of it early as well. So, look, it is a smaller sample size. We're with 30 games into the season, 33 games in. Let's check back at the midway point and see where batting averages are at. Well, my thing with Matt Chapman, which I think is scary, I also think it's, uh, I think it's alarming is how much non-contact he makes. He strike out so much that it's it's – Oh, he, he what's he got? Forty-seven already. Stan Musial never even struck out forty-seven times in a season. But it's a, it's a different game now, right, Chris? I mean, there's like there used to be shame if you struck out, right? That was the last thing you wanted to do was punch out. Where now there isn't that kind of stigma on striking out. It's more now of it's the feast or famine game, right? It's home runs. And it's slugging the ball, and it's launch angle and swinging with that uppercut. And people aren't as concerned for whatever reason about striking out these days. And I can't say that I fall into that category, but it just seems that's the wave right now of baseball, that people aren't caring if they strike out or not. I'm checking on base percentage. Major League Base. Oh, I got to do it by team. Oh, 
Hey, you, you, know, you know what's funny? Mike Trout's hitting 380. Guess who leads the league in on-base percentage? Guess who leads Mike the Trout. league? Guess who leads leads the league in uh, OPS? Mike Trout. Yeah. But you know what? Like, like Mark is an example. Mark is hitting below 250 at his on-base percentage is 380. Now he gets hit more times than anybody else in baseball, and he's has the ability to walk, and he's got an OPS of right around 800. Even though the batting average is 248, I, I think you can live with that, can't you? Yeah, I mean, everybody falls. You'll you'll give me the every, and this is what Cody does to me all the time. Okay, you'll you'll pick one guy and say, "See," but that's not the norm. Well, Sean Murphy is hitting 218, but he's got it on base at 358. Uh, Chapman, even though the batting average is 205, is on base percentage is 311, so he's you know more than 100 points better than the batting average. I think we'd all like to see that batting average a little bit higher. But Tony Kemp's another one. He's hitting only 205, but his on base is 380. So he's finding ways to get on base also. Well, if we're so great at getting on base, why are we 18th in runs? Um, well, the team is 19 and 14, Chris. I'm just saying. <laughs> if, if we're so great at getting on base, why are why, – why, why, wait, on, wait, on base percentage – we're 18th in on-base percentage. So we have all these guys, supposedly, who get on base, but yet we're 18th in the league in on-base percentage. They do have the second-best record in the American League. You know that. Yes, yeah, because of pitching. <laughs> and because of the hitting. And tied for the most wins in baseball. Just pointing that out. Because of pitching. Pitching well, and defense. yeah, but pitching's been great. And the bullpen, for the most part, has been great. And the, But certainly the starting pitching recently has been phenomenal. The way the guys have been rolling. Manaya has been great. Uh it really has been – Cole Irvin has been unbelievable. And I don't think anybody saw this coming from Cole Irvin. Look, I saw him, Chris, you know, back in his days pitching at Oregon. And I got to see him in college and was impressed with him then. I thought he had major league stuff the first time I saw him. He threw a shutout against the University of Washington. And I was going, who the heck is this guy? And he was commanding three pitches, hitting every part of the strike zone that he wanted to. And now that this is the same pitcher I saw in college, Chris, except he's doing it against major league hitters and he's making them look foolish. Yeah, that's where – and I'll just give you one more and I'll get off this. We're so great at getting on base, we're, we're 14th in runs. Hey, if we were top five in runs, I wouldn't say anything. But we're middle of the pack. Well, it's crazy. The A's have the most wins in baseball, yet have a run differential of minus 13. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, exactly. you know what? And we talked to Cole Irvin about this. It's because of Scott Emerson and the pitching staff and because Oakland is about pitching. And Cole said it's different than, you know, I mean, I didn't, he didn't want to call out the Phillies, but he said, you know, around here everybody talks pitching. It's about getting better. The pitchers all help each other and, you know, positive critiques of each other. I mean, the hallmark of this team the last four years is pitching and defense. Yeah. And, and that's – but that's the name of the game. And, look – it's tailor-made for the ballpark. We know the Coliseum is a pitcher-friendly yard, especially with the expansive foul ground. And with the way the defense is aligned for the A's to go with that pitching, that's the way this team should be built. And it's a team that's finding ways to win ball games despite not putting up a ton of runs. Look, that'll change, Chris. We know that this team will score some more runs. And I really think they have missed Chad Pinder. And that's what's remarkable, that 13-game winning streak, is Chad Pinger was in, injured during that run. 
and you, you miss that powerful right-handed bat, especially against all the left-handed pitching the A's have seen recently, right? You got Rich Hill going tonight. Ryu went yesterday. The Blue Jays threw all left-handers. Robbie Ray, uh, Kay is a lefty, went against the A's. Steven Matz. Yet the A's are finding ways to win games, despite I think Pinder would be a key addition and just a key weapon against all these left-handed arms the A's have seen recently. I, 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 there, there's two things that have been going on. You see a lefty every night, and it's like we play in the American League East. <laughs> right? Well, pretty. How about, speaking of the East, how about the Red Sox? My goodness. Yeah. How, how good have the Boston Red Sox been? Uh, they lead Major League Baseball in runs scored. Yeah, well, they, they also had that plus 26 differential, but I don't think anybody figured that the Red Sox, here we are, you know, just going into the second month of the season, that they'd have the best record in baseball right now, considering they were rebuilding a year ago. Hey, you did the uh, you did the uh, all-injury uh, game. Oh. I mean, what, Milwaukee and the Dodgers, wow. It, you know, uh, last Saturday night in Dustin May, it was supposed to be this, electric matchup of two great starting pitchers, right? You had Dustin May going in the matchup for the Dodgers and Brandon Woodruff, who's emerged as the ace for the Brewers, even though Corbin Burns has had the ridiculous numbers this year. But Woodruff is the ace. He's the horse for Milwaukee. But you look at the Brewers lineup and the job Craig Council's doing, they're a game behind the Cardinals right now. Milwaukee has lost five in a row. But before this recent run of losing five straight, that they were – They've had Christian Yelich on the engine list. Lorenzo Cain has been hurt. They're dealing with their top two catchers on the injured list. Um, they, they had to send Keston Hira down, their former first-round draft pick, because he's struggling so much right now. They're getting their batting average from guys last weekend. You, you're complaining about what the A's have going on. Vogelbach was below 200 in the lineup. Abasayil Garcia, below 200. Travis Shaw, right around 200. Jackie Bradley Jr., right around 200. Luis Urias, right around 200. And yet, they were in first place when they met up with the Dodgers last weekend, despite everything that they're dealing with. And i got to give Craig Council, their skipper, all the credit in the world for the way he's got that team playing right now. Yeah, I mean... Although the recent stretch, take out, take out the last five games, but... You know, the the Dodgers, you know, with May going down. Oh, that's and, a killer for them. And seriously, I mean, for, for a team that, you know, such high expectations, I mean, they just they still have problems closing games out. Something's not right there. It, it's not just the bullpen because from night to night, they're not sure exactly what they're getting with Kenley Jansen. If you look at, for example, Blake Trinan's numbers, and, and Dave Roberts was telling me last weekend, uh, we chatted with him before the ball game that Blake Trinan's pitched better than his numbers would indicate. He, he was bitten by some bad luck. And the other thing that really hurt them is Scott Alexander had been pitching great. And now he just went on the injured list for the Dodgers. Their starting pitching has been carrying them. And L.A., it, they're a game and a half behind, believe it or not, the Giants who lead the West, which is shocking. But yet, the starting pitching for the Dodgers has been fabulous. And that's what's just so disappointing for them with May going down because May had been pitching great. Um, Kershaw has been really good and it's Bueller. Their starting pitching is the reason the Dodgers are where they're at right now because they're, they're just not hitting Bellinger's on the injured list. Mookie Betts has not been Mookie Betts so far this season. Um, Corey Seager got off to a great start, but has been struggling a bit recently. Justin Turner has been the one consistent bat. 
that they've had. But Muncie's not hitting. A.J. Pollock's not hitting. The rookie, Gavin Lux, or he's not technically a rookie anymore, but the young second baseman is really fighting it. Will Smith is not hitting. But yet, their starting pitching has made them relevant. And the Dodgers, even though they have trouble on offense and scoring runs, they still have the best plus minus in all of Major League Baseball coming in tonight. How much is that just like a little bit of a hangover from last year? I think there's part of it. There's, sure. You know, you, you're enjoying the offseason, even though it was a weird one for everybody. But they have the guys, Chris, when you look at them, they're going to hit. Are you worried that Mookie Betts is not going to be hitting come July? Are you worried that Corey Seager is not going to be hitting? Uh, th- those two guys have the track record. I don't think Dave Roberts – and the Dodgers front office is overly concerned with it. I think the concern is getting Bellinger back in the lineup. Um, they really don't have a timetable for it at this point, which I, I think is cause for concern. But they have the veteran guys that have done it before. And some of their other reserves, for example, remember all the key home runs that Edwin Rios had for them last year? Edwin Rios right now couldn't hit me. He is just in his own head in such a funk right now and these solid contributions they've been getting from guys right now they're just not getting them now at some point you think it's going to even out because there's just too much talent the Dodgers Chris they have too much firepower to struggle and hover right around 500 they do oh I agree uh yeah it's at some point they're they seem to be like a team that 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 can just turn it on but you know what you know it's funny Roxy when when people always say you don't think that guy's that guy's going to hit. Well, remember last year we kept saying that, and there was a bunch of guys who never hit. Yeah, but last year was such an anomaly because it was a sprint. It was a 60-game season. This, this is the regular 162. So the law of averages will tell you these guys are going to hit. Do you think Mookie Betts is going to stay around 248 all year? For He's that, only got three home runs. For, for, right? Is Corey Seager going to hit 250? No. Those guys are going to be up around 300. Um but you look up and down the Dodger lineup, and that's the thing. Zach McKinstry was a great find for them. He's on the injured list right now. The guys they were counting on just have not come through, and they've only had Cody Bellinger for 19 at-bats this year. He played in four games before he was shut down. And it, it's the starting pitching right now that has the Dodgers where they're at, in just that they're near the top of the NL West. I mean, going out, and how big was the Trevor Bauer siding now, especially considering the injury to Dustin May and losing him for the rest of the year? Well, a little birdie told me that uh, there was a specialist up here that the Dodgers were calling about Bellinger, which makes me think, um, I think it's going to be a while before you see him again in a Dodger uniform. That's not good. If, if that's the case, I mean, they, they're telling, oh, he's starting to do this, a little bit of that. You know, they're doing some of the uh, – weight reduction running they take some pressure off the leg so he can do some cardio like those kind of things but when you're hearing specialists and having to go get second and third opinions that's when you get really nervous especially with your superstar player what do you got this weekend i've got college baseball again in espnu tomorrow night the mighty gauchos of santa barbara the alma mater of the great shane bieber and the Cy Young Award winner taking on the Anteaters of UC Irvine. Ooh. Some of your rivals back in the day, Uncle Townie. Ooh, 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 ooh. I was just uh, I was just down in Santa Barbara for Thanksgiving and uh, touring the campus with my kids. 
You, you you didn't go by the Thunderdome and go see my brother-in-law and the, the great Gaucho men's hoops team? I parked right next to it, but I got to tell you, Roxy, uh, during a pandemic, we were the only people, <laughs> li- literally, the o- there was like another family there. We were like the only humans in sight. They were, it was It was actually really creepy to be on a college campus and there's nobody there. It is. It was bizarre. Some of the places. Uh, try pulling up to a college football game, right? I went to a game. It's try rolling up to Stanford Stadium. Literally, I drove in maybe a half an hour before kickoff. I parked literally right across the street and walked right in, and I was in my seat, no problem. Or going to a game at Cal, and there's no game day traffic whatsoever. You just stroll in. You go through the security checkpoint. And you, your COVID daily check when you, you go through and leaving the game with no post-game traffic, just strolling out of there, hopping in your car and getting home. I'm not saying I, I long for those days, but that was certainly a unique experience to have that. Oh, yeah. And on, on our way back, we hit Cal Poly and it was the same. Oh. It was the same thing. Rolled right uh, in. But first off, aren't those campuses just gorgeous, the two of them? I, I, I told my wife, I said, you really want to send your kids to a college that's on the beach? You really want to do that? I mean, you look at the campus at UC Santa Barbara which is and Pepperdine, which are basically right on the beach. My goodness. Okay, then you have you know your old stomping grounds down in San Diego, for example. San Diego State's a little bit inland. University of San Diego's up on the hill. It overlooks. You can see the water. But some of the campuses we have and the views – here, uh, just on the West Coast in general. How about, you know, the football stadium at the University of Washington, which is right on Lake Washington, going yeah. to check that out for a game. It is, the, the setting and the scenery is just amazing at some of the campuses we have out West. So, when I was with the Raiders, we would roll by that stadium, UW, and, mm-hmm. and you'd get to see it, and I'm like, people taking boats up to the game – yeah. I mean, it doesn't yep. get any better. I mean, you're tailgating on a boat. Like, it doesn't yep. get any better than that. It, it is amazing, this setting. And I'm up in the TV broadcast booth, and I look out to the right, and I can see the water. And you don't take that for granted, that ability. Or you go, for example, to do a game at Folsom Field in Boulder. And there's the Flatiron Mountains that are right there in the Rockies. And then you go to Utah, and you have the Wasatch Mountains right adjacent to – Rice Heckle Stadium. It is, you go to a game at Cal and Strawberry Canyon nestles right there. You know, Tidewad Hill that overlooks the stadium. And it, 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 there are a lot of special venues out west. It really is cool to, pull, to go to the places and the campuses that I get to go see. Although, unfortunately, I will not be at Caesar Wasaka Stadium in Santa Barbara tomorrow night. I'll be broadcasting the Anteaters and the Gauchos from the peninsula. Yeah, nothing says college baseball, big-time baseball, <laughs> than the peninsula. Uh, on your way out, we were having – so the commander and I and a couple guys went to the uh, San Jose Giant-Fresno Grizzly game last oh, night. Nice. At uh, Boy, that stadium has changed since I played there. They've added a lot of stuff. but Because um, also it's the home of San Jose State. We had a debate. So I'm going to do a little buying or selling with you. Okay. Buy, buying or selling, 20-year-old Trey Lance – We'll be starting game one for the San Francisco 49ers out of North Dakota State. Selling. He will not be the starter game one. It's still going to be Jimmy G's team this year. As long as he can stay healthy and stay on the field. I think that, Chris, they're going to set it up like a cheap situation 
where they had Mahomes sit for the year with Alex Smith. And then when they feel the Lance is ready, when the Chiefs knew that Mahomes was ready, that then it'll become Trey Lance's team when that happens. But I, I believe that it'll be Jimmy G starting the opening game for the 49ers. Remember Air McNair out of Alcorn State. Yeah. He sat for the Houston Oilers. Who was the veteran quarterback that they had over Air McNair? Oh, gosh. Who would have been the quarterback for the Titans way back when? They were the Oilers then. So, oh, man. Who would it have been? Was it? Wouldn't have been Chris Chandler, would it? It was Chris Chandler. I was gonna was say, it really? I was gonna say it's a Pac-12 guy, or excuse me, wow. Pac-10 back then. And I just threw that out there, going, you know, was it Chris Chandler? Wow. How about that poll for you? <laughs> you have a you great. Like that. You have a great weekend, and uh, I may I may tune into your game tomorrow. I could pull my Kirk Cousins on the way out. You like that? <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> All right, Chris. Roxy Bernstein of your Oakland Athletics and, of course, ESPN fame and Pac-12 Network fame and the Touchdown Radio Network fame. Yeah. I, who, you can't sell me that you're going to start a 20-year-old quarterback from a small school week one, even though some guys we were with last night at the San Jose Giants game were, were trying to sell that. Well, they're drinking the Shanahan uh, Kool-Aid. I think, uh, I don't know, Roxy pretty much, I mean, he. I mean, everyone heard it. Roxy pretty much said, Trey Lance is the next Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he, it's going to be like the Chiefs. He's going to sit behind. So, wait, does that mean Jimmy G is the next Alex Smith? Because I think Alex Smith's a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. But wow. Uh, oh, come on. Wow. Alex Smith is a better quarterback than Jimmy Shots Garoppolo. Shots fired. Uh, how nice was it being at the minor league game last night? Oh, it was great. Watching you heckle an 18-year-old Whoa. player. Whoa. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. So the, they, the, the beer batter. <laughs> so, Yeah. So they do the beer batter. So it's half off beer if this guy strikes out. And the San Jose Giant people did this kid. He's the first round draft pick for the Rockies. He signed for $5 million and they made him the beer batter. And he struck out the first three times he was up. We started, we, we, we had some choice words for him. Yeah, and then uh, then he comes up and gets the get the uh, go ahead uh, go ahead RBI in the ninth inning, and Fre- a, a, a bloop hit. Fre- Fresno comes back to stun the San Jose Giants. Uh, everyone there was unhappy, but the four of us that were sitting together were all happy that they the Giants ended up losing in the ninth inning. Well, no, sorry, three of us. One of the people with us was one of the guys with us was a Giants fan, and it was there to see the prospects. Yeah, then the guy who wanted to see didn't even play. Yeah, but he played today. So we're we're cheering for the Grizzly. Grizzlies, and we have A stuff on. It was very obvious uh, <laughs> who we were rooting for. Well, I, we got the minor league report sent to us earlier. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, so here's what happened last night. Stockton lost Modesto. That's low. They lost 2-1. Uh, so our good friend Alex Jensen's now 1-2 and two on the call for, Modesto, uh, for Stockton. Uh, Lansing, our high A team, lost. They're, they lost 7-6 to Lake City. Uh, Bobby Crosby and uh, Midland got shut out by Frisco 7-0. And, uh, oh, boy, um, Fran Reardon. Love you, Fran, but they lose to the Sacramento, so the Giants beat the A's uh, 8-1. Fran, Fran's pitching allows 16 hits to Sacramento. So. They, they only scored one run in that ballpark? One run, yeah. And it in was that a, band box? It was a Sky Bolt RBI. Now, remember, he's back. The Giants traded them back to the A's. So there you go. Uh, Pete Cosmo is one for three. The, I think he's playing shortstop for them. James Caprillion started the game for, for What did Vegas. he do? 
Um, I they don't have a stats on here for pitching. Well, it's it's it sounds like we we had a rough day in the minor leagues yesterday. Well, hey, Tyler Soderstrom has hit safely in, in each of his first three games of his professional career. Bring him up. I mean, make uh, small sample size. Let's see what he does tonight. Well, we got a bunch of guys hitting two two twenty or less. You think he'd do any worse? Let, let me pull up the minor. Let me pull up uh, his overall stats. We'll see what his uh, we'll see what his on base percentage is since that's what we're looking at now. Where's uh? Let me go to low A. I, I'm, I think they played tonight, so they wouldn't have played yet. Alex Jensen better get it going. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, the seeking hot, seeking hot in Stockton. I, I just I, I you know what? If you, you, you're gonna be the voice, you got to bring home some wins. Are people are people clamoring for Zach Bay Rudy to come back? I mean, he went to Reno. I mean, he he moved up. But I mean, he was a winner. Bay Rudy was a winner. Uh, uh, Sodersham has a 7.42 OPS. So. Got to so, get up over 800. It, it, it's early. He won one for five last night. All right. We had to go find him. It's not easy to find this guy. He's somewhere in the weeds trying to find the next great Oakland Athletics. My man, Shooty Babbitt. You also see him on NBC Sports California doing A's pre- and post-game live. But when he's not doing TV, he's the super scout for David Forrest and Billy Bean. Here is my conversation from the weeds with Shooty Babbitt. I told Commander Cody I need the best scout in the business, and we've got the best scout in the business. Shooty, how are you? County, I am fantastic. I'm not worthy of complaining. Baseball is in full gear, man, and I'm just taking it on like a full plate of soul food, bro. You know, how nice is that? Because I know you're out on the road. How nice is it in other parts of the country? Baseball is full go. Well, everybody's got restrictions. Everybody's got guidelines. And I think by traveling to other places, one thing that I've been able to find that, you know, people are being able to stay open and do the things that they need to do because they are abiding by the rules and the regulations. And I just like to pat everybody on the back and commend everybody in the state of California because what I saw on the news today is that uh, we are the top state in the country with lower COVID cases and cases continuing to decline. So that's just a, a reflection of people paying attention and, and trying to get this stuff in order, man. You know, there were people in our business who were talking about how you don't need scouts, just have somebody go videotape a guy and then send the video back to the front office and then they'll evaluate it in their offices. And I'm like, you got to be out there. You got to see a guy. You got to know what he's about. You got to talk to him, talk to the parents. You know, you, you, you got to put your own eyes and feel and see how the guy reacts to good things, to bad things. Just talk about how important it is in scouting, in baseball, that you got to be present and you got to be there. I think in everything you do in life, if you can be present, you can feel it, you can smell it, you can see it, you can understand it, you can have a better appreciation for it. I can recall when my sons were being recruited to college and we were looking at some of them online and looked beautiful. We did the resumes. We talked to some of the coaches. They were immaculate. People you talked to, they gave them high praise. But once we went to the school to talk to the coaches and got an understand to really understand the guys and see the school and how beautiful it really is, it was like merely just putting the icing on the cake. And I, I, I see analytics is the same thing. You know, we're going out there on my gut. You know, there are days I go out for six days and I watch a team for six days. I watch players. Some get more bats than the others. 
Some pitcher's stuff is better than the other guy's stuff on that particular day. And you've got to make a decision. But sometimes you don't get a great look. Sometimes you need some uh, history with these guys to kind of verify what you saw or what you may not have. And I think analytics play a big part in that. But predicting what's going to happen tomorrow because of what happened yesterday, that's the toughest part for me. Because I know as a former player, I know as a human being, man, I felt pretty good yesterday, but I felt a lot better the day before than I feel today. And that's just the way it is as a ball player, man. I, I know there's times that you go out and hit it on the button and you get nothing. And then there are days you go out and you feel like you have four bats and you bloop one in. And next thing you know, you hit one and the guy slips and you get two. You know, it's just, it's just the way that the game is and you just can't predict the outcome of what a player is going to do in the future. That's just my opinion. Well, it was a story, I want to say, two or three years ago, ESPN had the story about how many scouts did not want to go to New Jersey and check out this young kid named Mike Trout. Farhan Zaidi even talked about how him and Billy Bean, it was like a bad weather day, they end up not going. I mean, think about that. This guy is arguably one of the greatest players of all time when it's going to be, you know, at the end of his career. And there were scouts that just didn't want to go to Millview, New Jersey, and check this kid out. The the one thing that I'm not going to do is sit up here and sound like a sour grape or an old guy that's past his prime because I know innovation, you've got to embrace it. Uh, Technology, you've got to embrace it. But I recall when I was an area scout and a national cross-checker, and what was the great thing about beating other organizations were going to games where other guys wouldn't go. A lot of times you see scouts following other scouts in cars going to the same game. But those scouts that wanted to go to that game, that might have been an extra hour drive that nobody was talking about, but you had that gut feel about because you saw him do something that you knew that possibly could play at the pro level. And if you're dreaming, if it all comes right, he may get to the big leagues. Those are the great signs. Those are the guys that go out and do the extra work and find the guys that guys just sit back and wait for everybody else to clear the space and uh, uh, cure a, a bunch of information and then base your uh, selection on that. And I was so blessed to come up with John Sherholz and Chuck Lamar with the Atlanta Braves to learn how to scout, you know, because they believe in scouting and player development. The guys there were in charge. Pete Snyder was in charge of both scouting and player development. You know, we'd have meetings. We'd go down to Florida. We'd have a softball game, and it would be player development against scouts. And I can remember the front of those T-shirts that said, who signed those guys? And on the back it said, well, they could play when we sent them out there. That's just the way that it was, and that's just how tight of a group we are. But we knew how important both were, man. So uh, everybody had their own way of doing things because everybody has a different economic opportunity. You just have to praise the guys that – you know, get every buck for their nickel, if you will, by doing the extra thing. You know, we just had Cole Irvin on, and he's had such a great start, and he's 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 earned his spot in the rotation, no question about it. And I talked to him about, you know, he's been with different organizations, but the one thing that y- you understand when you get here that the Oakland A's are a pitching organization. And he talked about how it's different than other organizations he's been around, and he says that they're always talking pitching here. Everybody's always trying to get better. Speak to that, Shooty, because you've been around this organization for a long, long time. I've always said it's the land of opportunity. And if they choose you, it believes it's because they believe in something about you. And if you go out there and you do it, you step up your game. You know, the one thing that I heard – Cole Irving say in the post game 
uh, I think it was two starts ago. One of the most impressive things or what touched me the most is that I've got a big chip on my shoulder and I'm going to walk around it for the rest of my big league career because there's a lot of people that I want to prove wrong because of the fact that the A's gave me an opportunity and now I'm proving them right. So you're exactly right. This is the way that they do things. Uh, it's always been a strip. I mean, if you got good pitching, you got a chance to win. If you got a whole lot of pitching, you can go out and acquire a player. So why not be strong in, in, in pitching? And you've got to tip your hand. I mean, the Gil Pattersons of the world, the guys that have been here for years. I mean, we've had some great – Ron Romantic, we've had some great pitching guys in our development. Keith Lipman is a 50-year guy in this organization, and they put their imprint on this organization. And it's it, it, like for me, man, I feel like I'm the poster child of the Oakland A's. I know it, nobody else is there to believe it, but here I'm a guy that don't have a bunch of numbers. I've been a part of this organization for 43 years. When I was out of a job, they brought me home and they let me be me and told me that you should have been here a long time ago. That makes me feel great. And it lets you know that you just go out and do your job, be the best person that you can be and represent baseball the way that you're supposed to. You never know what might happen, man. So it is an honor and a privilege and a blessing to be a part of something that people are going to their people here, even though there's just bad things happened last year. And I know it was out of their control, but that's just how it is, you know, worldwide, man. But me speaking personally, you know, you, and I've been with organizations like the Braves, the New York Mets, the Arizona Diamondbacks, where I went to World Series with all of these clubs, man. And I put these guys second to none of those guys by the way that they do business. You know, and I, and I think about the draft. The draft is so hard, right? There's so many kids that you draft, they'll never make it to the big leagues. But I, I, I think one of the real strengths that the A's have and their front office has and the scouts have is looking at other other teams in the minor leagues, other teams' players, and identifying good players who would make – make quality Oakland athletics. Just talk about how the strength of this team and, and is looking at other teams and their rosters and finding talent. Well, I don't know if you read the transaction on how we acquired uh, Cole, but it was by cash. I mean, this is by a team that felt that they had plenty, and you have to give credit to our scouting organization. I mean, you go out and you identify players that people may minimize their value, and that's what Inalatic – analytics do come into play you know it helps you uh uncover some of the value that other people may not see and when you're a team that doesn't have the type of coin that a lot of these big markets do you just can't go out and spend money for the sake of spending money you just can't go out and make a move just because everybody thinks that you have to make a move one thing that you have to give these guys credit is that everything is done by calculation there's a whole lot of thought a whole lot of work that goes in Man, when I hit the road and I'm in the bushes, man, I'm not out there looking for nuts. I'm looking for ball players, bro. And that's what my job is. So when scouts are out on the road for those 20-something days and you run into them at the Coliseum and they look a little dusty, man, it ain't like they just been sitting up there eating popcorn and, uh, and eating hot dogs, man. These dudes are grinding. They're out there looking for that nugget. Even though they may not get the credit for finding that guy because it's an organizational choice, you know, I commend those guys because I know the difficult choices and all the sacrifices that goes in to finding those nuggets. Man, you're talking about being in the bushes, and you're staying at the Four Seasons. You're 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 at Ritz Carlton's. Come on, man, you're staying by the pool. You're living the dream. 
Yeah, but when I'm at home, I'm sleeping in my comfortable, beautiful <laughs> nest bedding that my boy Joe Alexander put together with the pillows to match. And it's like sleeping on Mars somewhere, man. So, oh, yeah, as long as I got a bed and a clean shower, man, I'm going to be cool. But it ain't no place like home, bro. <laughs> so so the, the Rays are in town. And, Shooty, they use more relievers than anybody else. They, they, they were really the first team that was all in on shifts, four-man outfields. I mean, they have always been trying to change what you think is normal. Talk about what the Rays do with their personnel. Well, I mean, I think that they were the ones that started that opener stuff. And I yeah. think uh, it was out of the ordinary. It was against what everybody else does. But you've got to go with your strength. You know, I think that's why some teams have advantages and some teams have disadvantages. A lot of teams like to mirror that's what other teams do, but you have to have the personnel to be able to do it. So that's like when scouting, you know, you go and look at a player, you know, organizations always know their players better than you do. No matter what you think your evaluation is, they've been with the guys they know. And Tampa Bay, once again, you got to give these guys credit. I mean, this is a place that nobody wants to go. They don't have fit fans in the stands, but they're continually to go out and compete. Uh, they are our nemesis over the past few years. That's why I'm loving this series here, because the type of season that we've had thus far, playing a World Series champion, playing a World Series contender, playing playoff teams, then go and play teams that you should beat, then play teams that you're equal with, and you go head-to-head, then you finish up with Toronto here, where I feel that was pretty much uh, – uh, 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 even match there because you split the series and you got two teams, a team that's coming and a team that's been there and understand it and the clash heads in the way that they did. I'm looking forward to see which one of these teams is going to end up on top in the American League. Let's end on this. So Cody and I yesterday went to the San Jose Giants game. They're taking on the Fresno Grizzlies, the Colorado Rockies uh, affiliate. And it was just just so nice to see minor league baseball. I feel so bad for these guys who didn't get to play for 18 months, but they're finally getting their, their dream back and they're getting their careers back, and I'm so happy for them. We're going to have a small sample size before the trading deadline gets here. How do you think these players not playing for a long time and just getting back into it, how do you think that will affect the trading deadline? Man, everything is the unknown, County. And I know I'm considered the expert here, and I appreciate that. But the one thing that I don't like to do is put my feet in waters that I've never been in and not knowing what's in there. These guys are suffering. Everybody is suffering. I truly believe that big leaguers needed probably another start and a half, hitters 20, 25 more at bats because of the lack of opportunity they got because of so many guys in camp. But how could you neglect? How could you not have those guys in camp when they've been sitting at home, not doing anything, they're professionals, uh, it, you know, we live in a world that a lot of people said that, you know, a lot of people feel like they just deserve everything. Like it's just things are supposed to be given to you. A lot of times it's good when things have been taken away from us because it gives us the opportunity to feel and understand what we really had or what we really have. And we value it even more. And when we get a chance to wrap our arms around it again, we're going to do everything that we can not to let it go. Um, high school kids, uh, high school seniors, college seniors, kids who've lost their livelihood and never get a chance to play another game. These kids have one more chance. Organizations still have trades to make and players to identify. So it's going to be interesting, just like everything else. I think the people that outworked other people are the people going to get the biggest reward. 
Well, I got to tell you, I, I know you're on the road and you're working hard. So for you to come on the show, it means a lot to me. You be well and you be safe. And I can't wait to see you back here at the Coliseum. For you to keep asking me to be on the show, that means a whole lot to me, Chris Townie. And it's always an honor. Uncle Townie, keep doing your thing, man. Let's go, Oakland. Take care, buddy. See you, homie. Take care. The great Shooty Babbitt out in the weeds, finding future Oakland athletics. And we'll be back on television when he gets back from this uh, trip of, I don't even, he doesn't tell me where he is. Parts unknown. It's like uh, when you watch a baseball game, uh, Shooty Babbitt on assignment. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we got a chance to interview Cole Irvin. And when he was acquired by the A's, our good friend Kevin Franzen, San Jose State great, former big leaguer, and now radio for the Philadelphia Phillies, tipped us off saying, you got to get Cole on. He's a great interview. And Franny wasn't lying. That was the one where we started off talking about go-karts. He was going go-karting. Now he's picking up donuts for the fellas. He's always doing something when we interview him. Coming up next, the left-hander right here on A's Cast Live. Hi, this is Ramon Laureano. And the throw is going to be in time at the plate. Laureano firing a strike all the way on the line. And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Chris Townsend with you here at the Coliseum on A's Cast Live. And I just something that I always notice when the A's take on the Rays. The Rays take infield before every single game that I've seen the Rays take on the A's. Whether it's at the Trop, whether it's here. It always amazes me because most teams don't do it. They do it before every single game. You wonder why they are so fundamentally strong? Because they work hard. There's no question. The A's do sometimes take infield, but not every day. And a lot of teams, you just see during batting practice, coaches hitting fungos. These guys take a legitimate infield. Every single day. Kevin Cash and his staff get this team prepared to play fundamental baseball 162 games. What do you say? We don't see this with every team. That's our friend Kevin Cash. He knows what he's doing out there. Uh, you know, where do the Rays rank in fielding percentage in baseball? Don't know. I can tell you they're second in baseball behind only the Giants when it comes to fielding percentage. How many errors do the Rays have on the season? I'll tell you. They have 12, second in baseball only to the Giants. And look at them. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've got eight guys all taking ground balls right now from from four different coaches are hitting fungos. Kind of reminds me of Japan, the way the Japanese teams prepare. How many guys? Uh, it's, it's, no, it's not fair for us because we can name them, but how many people do you think if they were sitting here right now can name anyone in the race infield? People in Tampa. <laughs> and I mean, Pete. I mean, could they? I mean, no offense. I'm just saying, like, I mean, I could. I mean, I, I see Brasso and, and Brandon Lau, not Low, Brandon Lau. You Lau. got Will, Willie Adamas. You got um, Yandy Diaz. 
I mean, they, they have guys, Joey Wendell, friend of the program, and then, um, you know, don't forget, in the outfield, they got, they got an ace killer and friend of ours, Brett Phillips, too. Uh, you look through their lineup, you go through their lineup, and you're like, who are these guys? They compete. They're winners. They're like, baseball players? They're, 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 pro- they're professionals. They're professionals? They give you a professional bat every time they go up there. Like last night, we saw guys giving you minor league at bats because they're not professionals yet. But uh, I, you're right. I, I remember because you always said about how Tampa Bay does info practice. So I'm watching. I'm actually watching because this is the first time we've seen them since the 2019 wildcard game. And I mean, it's we don't see this very often. So like, I'm kind of in awe watching them take info practice. What an hour, an hour and 40 minutes before the game starts. Yeah, I, they, they are impressive. You know, you know when when I was getting on the whole batting average thing with the A's, and Roxy says, "Well, hey, I mean, they they still have." Like the best record in baseball. Where do you think the A's rate in quality starts? Oh, I've looked this up before, but I haven't recently. It's, uh, I want to say they're in the top five. They're number two. Yeah. Number two in baseball. You want to know why your team's winning? Yeah, they've hit a lot of home runs, but it hasn't generated for a ton of runs. They're middle of the pack in runs scored. Who's number one in quality starts? Is it the Giants? It's uh, the Dodgers. Uh, there's uh, they they got they got a couple good starters in there. A couple of those guys make over thirty million a year. But you, you want to know why the A's win games? It's because of their pitching. And it's led by the, our next guest too. He's been the best pitcher all year for them. Uh, Sean Manaya though three and zero with a two point four eight in his last five starts after the one start where he got roughed up by the Astros. Sean Manaya three and zero with two point four eight. Sean Manaya, I mean, he's on the phone saying, "Wait, whoa, just don't anoint Cole." With everything, because Sean Benai has been throwing the ball well. Oh, well, if you want to go eight innings, go eight innings. Show me up. All right. Cole Irvin joined us earlier on A's Cast Live, and we are talking about him getting donuts for the guys. Cole, it's great to have you back on the program. Uh, how have you been? I've been, I've been great. Uh, the go-karting session uh, that we last had was – was great had a great time uh with my future brother-in-law and then uh yeah right now i got donuts in my car so i feel like every time we're on the show there's there's always something going on or i'm doing yeah you 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 always have something special going on when we have you so is it like the full thing of donuts or is it just one type of donuts what kind of donuts did you pick up for the guys all right it's it's three dozen assorted donuts for for the for the guys or for the day game I'm a sprinkles guy. Do you got any with sprinkles okay. in there? Oh yeah, we got pink sprinkles. We got chocolate sprinkles. We got what, what kind of sprinkles you need? We got it. <laughs> well, you just just talk about the ride you're on right now. It's just phenomenal, especially your last start. You were you were just fabulous. What's it like for you right now? Um, you know, I, I feel like everything's on on all cylinders, and and I'm. Uh, and I'm just trying to maintain that 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 mentality of of, of having something to prove, and uh, and I still feel like it's there, it's still weighing on me that I got something to prove, and um, you know, and 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 in wave terms, um, I feel like I feel like I've been on this wave down over at Maverick, so um, and it's just it's, it's it's a big one, and it's still going, and I'm trying to trying to stay on it for as long as possible because this is this has just been an awesome awesome ride so far um teammates have been great they've, they've helped me a lot really just to enjoy enjoy the moments and and 
really top pitching in between, whether that be outings, uh, you know, when each other's on the mound or, or even just uh, even in between innings of what we're seeing. Um, I know Bass is not afraid to tell you what he sees, and it's been, it's been great. You know, it was Sean Manaya, I, I believe, after his start against the Houston Astros when you guys were in Houston, where after the game he talked about, I'm going out and pitching with conviction. And it's made me think a lot about that. And I think about your last start. You pitched with total conviction. I mean, it was fastball. It was changeup. It was challenging guys. It was going after hitters. It's pounding the strike zone. So talk about that. Talk about how you are pitching with total conviction right now. You're out there to win. Absolutely. I mean, I'm the, I'm I'm out there to get the guys back in the dugout. That's that's my job. Um, and you know, the biggest thing for me right now is being able to pitch inside with. Um, with conviction and I'm, I'm having a really good time just throwing to my glove side. And, and it's been uh, just one of those, one of those deals where I'm, I'm trying to just maintain that consistency and, and something that I've always had in my career and, and lost a little bit over the past two seasons. And, and uh, you know, just all the off season work, everything that I've been doing, doing thus far has, has really obviously helped, but uh, throwing the glove side has been the biggest biggest thing for me. Um, when you talk about conviction and and my execution is that's been the the absolute game changer for for the way I've been throwing the ball. You know, I like to say all the time on the show that there's certain organizations that are known for certain things, and the A's are known for pitching. This is a pitching organization. Uh, Scott Emerson, I think, is brilliant. No, you know what he does with you guys mechanically, but what he also does with you guys mentally. Just talk about how just coming to Oakland has helped your game. I mean, really, the the whole coming to Oakland has been has experience has been amazing. Um, to to say it at the very minimum, um, but to kind of grow build into that is I, I've been able to be myself. I had to kind of prove to the team that that I came in to earn a job and whether that be out of the bullpen or, or as a starter. And then a starting role opened up and, and, you know, there hasn't been too much. Uh, there's been a lot of talking about pitching and, and, and ways to go about hitters and uh, not necessarily about mechanics or, or why uh, I'm, I might not be throwing this hard or, or that hard or why this pitch isn't moving, you know, at X axis or Y axis. It's, Hey man, we know that you can execute pitches, and and we want you to continue to do so, and we want you to continue what you're doing right now, and and whatever we can do to facilitate that to make you better, um, right now is has been the conversations, and and uh, it's been it's been a really awesome experience. Just the transition to a new team, you never know how that's going to go. Um, and you always expect the best, but um, you know sometimes uh, I've heard I've heard other stories. And so for me, I've just been blessed with such a great coaching staff, um, you know, good teammates, and and everyone's wanting uh, each other to grow and and build off one another and each other's starts. So it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, Bass threw great last night. So um, and and it's just been it's just been a it's been a cool thing just to be a part of because everyone cares about one another and that's, that's, that's unique. 
Yeah, that's something we've always talked about around here is just how special the chemistry is in the clubhouse with the A's. And Oakland for many years has been the land of opportunity where you're going to get an opportunity. There's so many guys are going to get an opportunity. So many guys are going to get an opportunity who may not get an opportunity somewhere else. And, and I think about Scott Emerson, you know, what's your relationship like and what's it been like with the, the pitching coach? Oh, Emo and I got a great relationship. We, we, um, you know, we both in North Carolina, um, unfortunately didn't get to meet when I got, first got traded. I, I tried throwing a bullpen session in front of them um, before we got to camp just so we can meet and have lunch afterwards. And um, so it ended up not being able to do that, but come to find out his, his brother is, uh, is now works at the golf course that I regularly play at in where I live back home. So I think we're going to see each other a lot more in the off season. So all those conversations, uh, that relationship just, just has been great. It's, it's flourishing. It's, it's growing. Um, but more so it's, it's the conversations in between outings, it's the conversations in my sessions, bullpen sessions, um, leading up to the game or, or in between outings. And it's about, you know, what, what I can do a little bit more of or, or what I what I am not doing in the bullpen that I'm doing in the game. And, and so it's just trying to keep, treat everything like the game and, and keep it um, consistent with how I've been pitching. And like today, for instance, I get a bullpen. It's going to be a, um, you know, I'm going to focus a little bit more on my slider and curveball because I haven't thrown those nearly as much as I did early in the season. Um, so it's, it's more so trying to keep it, you know, have conversations with him. Like, hey, what do you think we need to be working on right now? Because it's um, you want to continue to grow as a player for sure. Well, and I know everybody loves playing for Bob Melvin, and he was asked the other night after your start about your position in the starting rotation, and he said he's not a seat warmer. He's in the rotation. And he basically said you've been the best starter uh, so far this season for the A's. What does that mean to you? It means I got more work ahead of me, and uh, it means, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be cliche when I say that, but it, it does. Um, you know, there's there's no e- easy teams in the major leagues, and so you know, every time out, I got to bring my best stuff, and if I don't have it, I got to learn how to battle. And and uh, for for a team like we mentioned, like you mentioned earlier, of, of giving opportunities, you know, I, I've earned my opportunity, and I'm not trying to lose it, and so. Um, I want to continue to pitch well and, and continue to, you know, prove to the prove to the front office and, and uh, you know, the coaching staff that they can trust me every time out. And when we get to the postseason, I want that ball um, to win us some games and, and hopefully hold that trophy over our head. And uh, that's been a goal, a lifelong goal of my, of my life. And uh, there's no reason why the work ahead of me and, and the work that I've earned to this point shouldn't be continued and and uh that's where that chip on my shoulder is coming from is is there's always something to do there's always something to prove and and i was given a reason why um why i why i should be in the big leagues and and that's really um (laughs) i think that's really a a a bad thing for hopefully uh my opponents because I, i was given a reason why i couldn't pitch in the big leagues and I, and I saw the way out and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be out and I wasn't pitching well. And, and I, I got a definite chip on my shoulder with, with a reason why I should be here. And, and, uh, it's, it's, 
a lot of fun and, and I'm going to try to ride that wave. All right. Do you realize if we were doing this interview like a month ago, I'd be talking about how you guys can't hit, you guys can't pitch, you can't beat anybody, you're 0-6. And now we're having this conversation with the best winning percentage in all in baseball. When you talk about riding this wave, just how crazy has this wave been where you went from you can't win a game to now you're the best team in baseball? Well, I know this. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. There's, there's really no waves in the Bay Area, but for whatever reason, this side of the Bay is absolutely ripping right now. Um, I think I think the whole Bay Area is ripping. I mean, we got the guys across the Bay from us that are playing well too, playing good baseball. So, um, for whatever reason, we you know we're playing really well, and and you know what, the camaraderie on this team is is something I've never been a part of. And uh, I, I think that attributes to a lot of it. And we never feel like uh, we're out of a game. We never feel like, um, you know, even when we get it handed to us from time to time, you know, even early in the season, we never we never lost our commitment to each other. We never lost our commitment to just playing the game as it should be and, and understanding that we got 162. And, um, yeah, we feel good right now, but we want to we wanna continue to ride this ship and, and win the division. And there's – I mean, well, for whatever reason, like I said, is, is this Bay Area is absolutely ripping. It's got some great waves, and we're all catching them. So it's a lot of fun. So it's your fiance who's the surfer? Oh, yeah. She's definitely the surfer. She's definitely the surfer. We went to Costa Rica in December, and she brought her board. She surfed, and, um, you know, we just had a, had a good time down there. And uh, But, yeah, no, she's, she's the surfer. She's actually uh, – potentially going to be covering the Japan, uh, Japan pro, um, sometime in July, uh, for the world, uh, or so yeah, for the world surf league. So that's going to be cool. Yeah. I used to surf in high school and then I just, at some point in my life, Cole, I just realized it's just too much work. <laughs> it's exhausting. It is. I mean, it's exhausting. Paddling I, back I, out I, over and over again. Oh, I go out there just to paddle, and by the time I get past the first break, I'm going, "Oh no, um, um, yeah, I gotta sit out here for a little bit." And then I look, I, and then I feel like I look like a beached whale. So, um, you know, for for a shark, like I look like a healthy snack out there. So I, I, that's when I decide to paddle it in. Yeah, I'm, for- be- I'm better off. I'm better off in a boat catching tuna or or whatever else is out there. I like being in a boat, but surfing. Uh, just, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that to Kristen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm originally from San Diego. So every all-star break, I'll get a beach house down there. And, and, and I'm at a point where I just put my kids on boogie boards and I help them ride, <laughs> ride waves. And I'm like, I'm good. I, I don't need to go all the way out again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that, that's when Kristen went to and, and surfed at, uh, university of San Diego. So. Um, you know, she, she's got a lot of experience with it and, and, uh, she's cracking up at, at, at the lingo I'm trying to use, but she's, she's trying to help me in the best way possible too. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and I enjoy going out with her, but at the same time, I, <laughs> at the same time, I know where, I know where I need to stop. Well, I, I gotta tell you, it, it's been a treat ever since we got to meet you and to see what you did in spring training to see what you're doing now. It's been fantastic to watch. And I can't thank you enough 
for baseball games that are two hours and 18 minutes because you pound the strike zone and uh, we're not sitting here for three and a half to four hours. So thank you for that. Keep up the great work. Keep winning. And you're doing a wonderful job. And congratulations on this unbelievable start. Be safe and be healthy. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show. And yeah, I'll try to keep those games short like you asked. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Two hours and 18 minutes every night? That would be the best. All right. Let's do a little buying or selling. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. So uh, guess who spoke to the media today for the first time in a while? Uh, Darren Bush. Uh, well, yeah, that's one of them. Uh, but that's not who we're going to get to here. He already roasted him, I think, long for the whole show. But uh, uh, be the future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander spoke to the media today, and he addressed uh, how he's feeling. He said uh, he said he's feeling great. There's a there's a typical cliche answer. Said he's taking it. Wait for it. One day at a time. He's uh, he did mention he's throwing from 90 feet. He's meant, he mentioned it's impossible to have a timeline on his return. He did have Tommy John surgery back in September, so 12 months would be September, obviously. They usually say, what, 12 to 14 months for a return from Tommy John surgery? He's 37 years old and is currently 74 wins away from 300. He is also a free agent after this season. Buying or selling Justin Verlander will never be – oh, wait, how did I rephrase that? See, I, sw- <laughs> I switched it, and now I forgot what it was. It has something to do with Verla- – we will never see Justin Verlander as an Astro again. I'll, I'll buy that. Think he's done? Yeah, I don't think they're going to – I think Verlander, if he is really – if he's is, if he's really set on trying to win 300 games, he's going to have to realize he's not going to be making $33 million a year – for this pursuit, he's going to have to bring his price tag down. He's making thirty-three million to sit at home with. I'm, he didn't expect to have Tommy John surgery, but that's what's happening. Yeah, but you're right. He's he's going to need to take a, uh, a fairly large discount if he wants to get the seventy-four wins he needs to get that three. And, and it might be with multiple organizations. Yeah, could he return to Detroit? Who oh, I, I don't know if I'd want to go back there. They're really bad. I mean, they're really really bad right could now. Could he? Could he come to Oakland? I don't know. I I mean, it might be just a a bunch of series of one-year deals. But now he's got the, you know, if if his, you know, they say the new arm, you know, and Verlander is willing to to do small, you know, short deals with with not that amount of money. If you hang around long enough, you're just going to collect wins. So maybe it's, but I I think the Astros are going with a different approach. uh, And you're seeing it through Correa, right? Yeah. Totally. Like, they, they they offered him a deal they knew he would turn down. So that allows them now to go, hey, we offered him 100 and, you know. Yeah. So uh, MLB.com did an article on Wednesday, or no, it was actually yesterday, talking about trades and players who could get moved at the deadline. No A's are on the list, so that's good. Uh, future ace pitcher Max Scherzer, I'm kidding, he was on the list. So was uh, Chris Bryant, Trevor Story. Corey Seager was on the list, surprisingly. And then there's a name on the list that pitches tomorrow here in Oakland. Tyler Glasnow made the list. Glasnow's performed well with a 207 ERA this year, but the Rays are currently playing in a sack division, and they're playing much better. They've won 7 of 10 and 5 in a row. Glasnow's earning just $4 million this season, but he's arbitration eligible for two more years before reaching free agency. 
the type of window Tampa Bay has used in the past when dealing pitchers such as David Price and James Shields. This is a quote from the article. They never suggested they would trade him, an AL executive said, but you can never tell with the Rays. I don't think people thought they were going to trade Blake Snell in the offseason. Buying or selling, the Rays will trade Tyler Glass now. This year? Yeah. No, I no way. Selling. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they they still believe they're they, this group can win the World Series. So, yeah, it'd be silly to trade him, but they did trade Blake Snell. And- now, will will he be a career Ray? No way. No, 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 no. But, well, I didn't think he's gonna be a career pirate either. So, uh, so last one. Well, a friend of ours is running for political office. That's right. Bobby V is running for the mayor of his hometown in Connecticut. Ah, I love Bobby V. Valentine, 70, currently serves as the athletic director at Sacred Heart University uh, right now. He said, the greatest commodity I have, in, I have is, is my time. I want to give my time and my energy and my wherewithal back to the city that has given me so much over my lifetime. Valentine is a native of Sanford and was a three-sport star there in the 70s. Now, he also owns a bar there. And he was served as the city's health and public safety director in 2011 before being hired by the Red Sox to run that one year where he got fired because weren't players eating chicken and drinking beer in the clubhouse and playing video games. That is correct. Uh, so buying or selling Bobby V, the mayor. Of course, I'm buying Bobby V. I'd love Bobby V to be my mayor. You kidding me? He's running as an independent, by the way. Enough people care about that, but I think that's what the article said. Supposedly, Mike Trout broke down when he heard – Albert Pujols was being released, coming out of the athletic. Yeah, the, uh, Nolan Arnato addressed it at the very end of uh, his presser today, too, talking about uh, you know, hope, he hopes he signs on somewhere, too. So, But uh, that's all I got for today. We're going to play uh, Vince Catronio's interview with um, Steve Vucinich. He's going to be doing a series every Thursday on Ace Total Access. So we're going to play that Green and, Gold, uh, Green and Gold History episode in between here before Ace Total Access coming up. Bill Gates is getting divorced. Yeah, I saw a bunch of memes. Oh. Saw a bunch of memes going around on Twitter how he's oh. not single and people are lining up at his house. <laughs> how much is that going to be? Yeah, well, <laughs> wasn't it Jeff Bezos last year? Now it's Bill Gates. Wow, unbelievable. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Remember, Steve Vucinich with Vince coming up in between before you're on with Ace Total Access. And I'm going to be on at 540. 540, that's correct. All right, we'll see you at 540. We want to thank everybody who stopped by the program, Roxy Bernstein, Shooty Babbitt, and A's left-hander, Cole Irvin. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.